0: to Life Talks with Stephen and Pam.
1: This is the day the Lord has made, Pam, and we are going to rejoice and have a great time. And it's such a scripture
0: that it's so easy. It seems like we've all learned that scripture since a little kid.
1: Maybe made it cliche.
0: This is the day That the Lord hath made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. And we just say it kind of in such a almost a flippant way, not intentionally, but the depths of that. It's like, this is the day you've made God. You've prepared before me another day and I choose. This is what God's done. He's prepared the day. Here's what I do. I say, mind, will, and emotions, and body, rejoice. Walk in God's joy today, right? Yeah, be
1: delighted in it. Here's another way of saying it. This is the infrastructure for life that God has miraculously provided by His Word. Indulge in it. Rejoice. Be delighted in this infrastructure. Open up your mouth and say something in confirmation of thankfulness and praise for what God has done. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. That's good. Say it, sing it, <laughs> whatever you have to do. Today, we're gonna to be talking about a really serious topic. I think this is gonna be a real blessing to you, your family and friends. We're gonna talk about joy in the midst of sorrow, turning our sorrow into joy. And this is a heavy subject. We're gonna hit some heavy things today, but I think it's gonna be such a blessing to you and your family. And your friends Nobody is insulated from saying goodbye to loved ones Who go into eternity Nobody's insulated from that We all have to deal with this really heavy Strong issue in life But we've got Christ The resurrection life Living with us and in us So let's begin by just welcoming the Holy Spirit And um, asking Him to breathe Through His Word That we might have an understanding Of the wisdom that God's providing for us Pam, would you lead us in prayer?
0: Father, I thank you that you said you'd never leave us and you would never forsake us. So, Father, we stand on that. We know that you cannot lie and will not lie. Based on that, we thank you that you're here with us no matter what the circumstances are. And Lord, I know that we're talking to people, individuals across the world with situations they're facing today they never thought they'd have to face, some of them. Some of them have friends and relatives. So today, bring your Rhema word. Breathe on the word that you have for all our family and all our listeners right now that would bring your comfort, your peace, your truth, your power, and your joy, your joy in their life in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Well, let me give you just a little bit of context before I read a scripture talking about this serious subject, which really is going to be all about joy and not about sorrow. But the valuable thing is your sorrow and your sadness, your grief, if there's any in your life, don't despise it right now. It's extremely valuable because it will be currency that you can lay at the cross and trade, exchange for the joy, the delight of God Almighty. So don't give up on yourself or give up on the ashes that you feel like you're holding in your life. But we're about to exchange your sorrow for great joy. Let me give you a little bit of context here with our our life and what's been going on you know in the last few years we've had to say goodbye to Pam's mom we've said goodbye to Pam's dad two amazing christian heroes of the faith who've been responsible and partnered with leading millions of people to jesus two amazing missionary evangelists spiritual powerhouses. We've said goodbye to my grandmother, who's been um, like a second mom in my life and who's prayed for me every day of my life and who has stood in the gap for me many times and just a precious woman that maybe is not of worldwide fame like Pam's parents. Very famous in the hallways of heaven Mm -hmm. because of her prayer life and her fasting and her devotion to the King of all Kings. And at the same time, too, just recently, we've had a dear friend who's a great pastor suddenly pass away unexpectedly and leave his church in a place where everybody, the staff, the church family is mourning. We've had as recently as just in the last few hours, a very dear friend of ours, her brother pass away in an accident. Things like that have happened, you know, and at the same time, too, let me balance it with we've got some people in our life that are very close to us, which I won't go into detail, but it's like we're watching them die because of sickness and disease in their life every day, every minute of every hour. It's like we're watching a slow motion car accident unfold. Even that has a different type of grief and sorrow that accompanies it that can really overtake and overwhelm your life and squeeze the breath out of you. And so what I want to give you today is this is really a very joy-filled podcast, but I want to give you the antidote that Pam and I have discovered over these past years that really ushers in the hope, the life, the, the enthusiasm, the excitement that dries your tears. you realize God wants to dry our tears? The Bible says when Jesus himself saw Mary and Martha weeping it's the one scripture that you know we kind of joke about that's the shortest scripture in the bible but it says jesus wept but it really reveals his heart that jesus isn't moved by death let me tell you this jesus Mm, doesn't honor death death doesn't give him kind of like a sense of awe and a sense of oh will oh we didn't i don't know what to do with that because he conquered it he conquered death yeah Jesus conquered sin, hell, and death, and he doesn't give that stuff, that thing, any honor. But your tears, oh, Mm -hmm. he weighs your tears so heavy. He honors your tears, and Jesus cries with you when you cry. Just think about that for a moment. When a tear rolls down your face, It moves the heart of God. But faith moves the hand of God. So let's go to the Word of God right now, because faith comes by hearing. And Holy Spirit's breathing this Word right into our heart right now. Let's start out with this. Psalm 30, verse 11 and 12 says this. God, you have turned my mourning into dancing for me. Mm -hmm. You have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. Yay! Talk about the opposite, Uh right? And verse 12, that my soul, here's why he clothes you with joy, that my soul may sing praise to you, Father God, and not be silent. Have you ever noticed that sadness can really make you just feels so squashed. It almost like forces you into silence.
0: Yeah, and it's almost like hard to breathe. It's almost, it feels like 50 pounds on your chest. Everything is harder. Breathing is harder. And it, it just reminds me of the scripture you just read about how that the pattern is you have to take off the sackcloth first, then you can put on joy. I think sometimes we don't realize that. There's been times in the last couple of years where literally I could feel the heavy, heavy coat of sorrow wanting to infuse my being, almost like the cloak of sorrow getting glued to the essence of who I was. Mm. And I would just, even in the middle of the night, I would just say, no, mind, will, and emotions, and body, you will not receive this sorrow. Sometimes that's what's happened, the cloak,
1: the heaviness, it's almost become glued to our very being, some people. Well, Pam, couldn't you say it this way? Sorrow and grief, it actually wants to hijack your identity.
0: Definitely, yes. That's a good point. That's a good it wants to, it. to
1: overrun who you are. Right. So you become. Dictate to you. So think about who it. You, you know, this is what was prophesied about Jesus. He would be a man of sorrows. Why would he do that? Why would Jesus be a man of sorrows? Check this out. In Isaiah 53, verse 3, when it's describing and prophesying about the coming Savior, Jesus, it says, he was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows, it says, acquainted with grief, like one whom men hid their faces. He wow. was despised and we esteemed him not. When we talk about Jesus, it says he even came to his own people and they received him not. They rejected him. Mm-hmm. So Jesus became for us, left the majesty, the wonder of heaven. The comfort, the adoration, the,
0: the totally saturated with nothing but peace. and Oh, the oneness, oneness the intimacy right. with mm-hmm. God,
1: the Father, the acceptance. Yeah,
0: the acceptance. To Total. come
1: to earth, to intentionally, this is so key, to intentionally take our rejection, all the despising, all of the shame. Yeah, You know, we ministered to a friend the other day who was just so trapped by shame and rejection. But here's the thing is to understand that Jesus took that on his person so that our person wouldn't get hijacked and get overtaken with grief and sorrow. And it says right here in Isaiah 53 verse 3 that he became acquainted with grief. He became a man of sorrows. Why? It was intentional so that Stephen and Pam didn't have to be sons and daughters of sorrow. Yeah. I'm telling you, friends, this is exciting. Jesus came to give us joy. Back to Psalm 30, it says that our soul may sing for praise to God and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. How did that happen? When we took our mourning to God and laid it down and he turned it to the complete opposite. To dancing for us. He takes off of our sackcloth, a representation, the clothing of our mourning and our groaning and our sorrow, and he clothes us with joy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. And you know, when you read Isaiah 61, the prophecy of the anointing that was going to come on Jesus and move through him into our life, it says in Isaiah 61 verse 3, that he would grant to those who mourn. So there you go. This is what I'm saying to you, friend. Your mourning, your sorrow, your grief, your ashes, don't just despise them and throw them away. Bring them as an exchange currency to the foot of the cross, Mm, lay them down, and in their place, receive what it says right here, the consolation and joy of the Lord. God wants to give you beauty in place of your ashes. It says He wants to give you joy instead of mourning. He gives you the garment of praise instead of a heavy, burdened, and failing spirit that you might be called an oak of righteousness. It says that you might be called, Pam, we talked about identity there, right? Like how it almost wants to get on you, absorb you, become the fragrance of your life. Oh, well, Pam, she's, she's mourning. She's sad. Man, like when your mom and dad passed, just the tears that flowed, the, oh, was, the, yeah. the feeling of a hole left in your life mm-hmm. is just overwhelming, but you bring it to the cross, you lay it down, and you go to this promise and you say, Father, you promised joy for our morning. But I realized, I started realizing it's okay to cry.
0: Sometimes I just go into just even Kroger and see someone that looked like my mom and just start crying, you know, it's okay to cry, but there's this, when the sorrow comes on, it can infuse you. Like you said, you have to say no to it.
1: Well, you know, and you have to have, that's really good. You're bringing that up. You have to have a vision for beyond because in those just moments, say no. yeah. yeah, the grief mm-hmm. in the morning can almost be so loud and screaming in your face that you can't seem to see beyond the wall of sorrow and the veil of sorrow that it puts up. And life can get start getting dark, and you can't see past it into the future. And then you start asking these questions internally, how can I go on without them? How can life go on? How can I live another day without them? And that's a dangerous road to
0: go down. And not only for people that have stepped from here into eternity, but also like the death of marriages, the death of what appears to be The dying of a dream or a position that you thought you had, a death of a relationship where the Mm. people are still living here, but every day you have to face that almost funeral after funeral of a relationship that you thought would be forever.
1: I know that's that's so good because I know when talking with my mom when I was a boy when my dad he left my mom and just became a very unfaithful man going with all these other women every one of those unfaithful acts became a death another death to my mom another shame. Another rejection. And I know I have friends who've lost a spouse at a young age and had to deal with becoming a widow or a widower, but they left some, somebody left their life who dearly loved them and went to be with Jesus. It's very different than somebody who kills your marriage almost every day by stepping out on you. Like you said, a very profound grief and sorrow that can move in on that. That brings a hopelessness because there's no sense of finality. Like, here's a funeral and people comforting you over this. It's just like somebody's murdering your marriage yeah. every day. And that unfaithfulness can really yeah, it's, attach it's all, itself to you.
0: Yeah, there's different kinds of... It's the same route, though, you know, for... Uh, we have two people that went to heaven that are like brothers to us. And one was sudden and one was... Over a year with a, a situation that was just the body. Slow kept, and yeah. And both of them carry different. Fragrances, but the same sorrow to walk in it and just to see how that in every situation, whether a person's, it's a divorce or a relationship or someone going on or, or whatever it is. Or like I said, a, even a death of a position or a dream you thought God had given you. It's not a death, but you're perceiving it as these are all things that really can open the door to sorrow coming in and like a flood just drenching your being.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So how do we handle such life and death sorrow? How do we handle this condition that is not unique to all of humanity, but something that's very common, but at the same time, when it hits your life, it seems so uncommon, no matter if it's suddenly, if it's like watching a slow motion car accident And dealing with it every second of the day. How do we deal with this stuff? Well, you got to remember Matthew 5, 4. Jesus said, blessed are they who mourn for they will be comforted. Well, what's that word blessed mean? It actually means happy, Mm. joy filled. (laughs) So my friend, first of all, before you even feel it, before you feel the antidote to your mourning and your sadness, you have to realize that it's okay to be joy filled, that it's God's will for you to be happy again. This is God's will. It's not God's will for you to take on the identity of a person wearing black for the rest of your life in mourning and a person of sorrow. Jesus became the man of sorrows so that you might be the son and daughter of joy, of God's delight, always wearing the fragrance of his everlasting joy. And that everlasting joy doesn't mean that every situation is going to be perfect. It means though that you're going to have the power of God's delight living alive in your life. And the other thing that you need to realize is that death is defeated. First Corinthians 15 says this, Pam, i just Get excited every time I read this, mm-hmm. but starting at verse 53 in First Corinthians 15. For this perishable part of us, it must put on the imperishable nature. And this mortal part of us that's capable of dying, it must put on immortality, freedom from death. And when this perishable puts on the imperishable, and that which is capable of dying puts on freedom from death, then shall be fulfilled the scripture that says death is swallowed up in victory, forever in victory. And then verse 55, oh death, where is your victory? I love it. It's like the word of God is almost taunting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I say God doesn't give honor to death. Mm-hmm. God is life. Yes. He's blessing. Yeah. I mean, come on, let me just skip down to John 8:51 says, Jesus said this, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will indeed never, ever see and experience death. Somebody might say, well, Stephen, now come on, I've got a, you know, my dad was a born again believer. He was a board member, wonderful man of God, and he passed away 10 years ago. Oh, my friend, you got to read it again here. It says, those who keep the word of Jesus indeed never, ever will see death and never experience death. You don't know, my friend, what your dad or your mom experienced. Those who are in Christ Jesus, I like to think of it this, Pam and I talk about her mom and dad's passing. It's like they close their eyes to blink. And when they close their eyes, suddenly they blink them open and instantly there they were in front of the king of all kings. And there was this Colosseum of anthemic people standing there chanting and roaring, welcome home, welcome home. And it was beautiful. (laughs) yeah. That's what it looks like. It's so way
0: beyond we we can ever imagine the beauty and the, and like you said, every cell
1: in their body being infused with pure love. Oh, can you imagine the acceptance of every part of your chromosomes, DNA, spiritual being, emotions being completely wrapped in the acceptance and the love and the admiration and the pure joy of God as he looks at his design coming home in the full acceptance of the finished work of the cross of Calvary and seeing you completely washed white as snow in the blood of Jesus. My friend, I'm telling you, Jesus' words are true. Believe Jesus. Believe Jesus above (laughs) everybody else. And Jesus himself says, if anyone keeps my word, he will indeed never, ever see and experience death. And you might even say, Well you know I've got a loved one I'm not even sure if they accepted Jesus I'm not sure And that kind of torments me Well I'm telling you Bring it to the cross right now And accept the peace Because I know a master That says that When he even describes himself He said I am good And my mercy is everlasting And I'm telling you God can do in a split second What no man can do What no preacher can do What no pastor can do God Almighty You don't know that last quarter of a second of your family member's life if they and turn god, to jesus yes, god, said, god is outside you. of time yeah. if he's the one that's able to make a day as, as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day don't forget god was before time was and he can step into that quarter of a second and god could have unveiled a beautiful <laughs> you know god's a good preacher he could have unveiled <laughs> a beautiful message of the story of Jesus the way that your loved one had never heard it before and who knows what God could have convinced that person of in that quarter of a second.
0: And they said, yes, I receive you as my Lord.
1: So don't give up hope. Never give up hope. But let me finish 1 Corinthians 15. I got to come back here. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? It says. Now, sin is the sting of death and sin exercises its power upon the soul through the abuse of the law and we know that Jesus, through the unfailing law of life, has overcome the law of sin and death. But it says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory, making us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. And what was he talking about? We're conquerors over sin, hell, and death. Man, that's
0: exciting. I tell you, it really is. When Jesus wept, when it says that he wept for Lazarus that had been gone for three days...
1: Well, you know, I don't know that he wept over Lazarus. No, you're right. Maybe he just... I I think he wept as he looked at the sorrow of Mary and Martha. Right. And realizing even for the many years that had come before that moment of the many people that had felt hopeless and tears had run down their face and looking to the many years coming forward as people struggled with whether it was a fear of death, whether the hopelessness, rejection, and saw the tears of billions of people for the years to come of all the tears running down their face and saw the need for resurrection life and for them to have a vision and to get the message that we're talking about here today of being able to trade their sorrows. You know, there's so many people that carry their sorrows and you don't need to carry
0: your sorrows. Because Jesus went to the cross for that.
1: Well, think of it. We just read he became the man of sorrows. Why? To carry our sorrows. So we could be
0: resurrected out of that and not carry it. You know, I think of the whole story and the pattern of Lazarus. You know, he felt such compassion, like you said a few minutes ago. When we cry, Jesus feels that. He tenderly loves us. So even the sisters of Lazarus, and they were upset, and the people, the loved ones, he felt for them. But I I like the pattern. He looked up to heaven, and he said, Father, I thank you, you've already heard me. Yeah. Number two, then he said... Lazarus, come forth, right. live again. Yeah. Number three, he said, now get the grave clothes off of them. Need people to get the grave clothes. And then he washed himself, he lived and he he went on victoriously, Lazarus did. Sometimes we don't follow the pattern. We don't ever get the grave clothes off. I think if Lazarus didn't get his grave clothes off, he would have suffocated again, even though he was living. Maybe some of you listening, you've gone to a vent. You feel like, wow, that was good. And then you go home and the next day you're walking right back in sorrow because you're not taking the grave clothes off.
1: Pam, that's so good. You know, I think it's really important. What we magnify in our life gets bigger and what we failed to recognize it diminishes and it's like a light fading in the corner of life and it moves away from us. We talk about magnifying the Lord, but when we do that, how do we do it? Let's magnify the Lord's Word yeah. in our life, right? We got to magnify God's commands of blessing and His Word. Look, at if you're going through what Pam and I have been talking about, or let's say you got a family member or a friend who's been dealing with... I just had a conversation with a pastor friend of mine who uh, somebody in his life, very close to him, their daughter had a tragic accident. Instantly, this beautiful 21-year-old girl, just gone from life, and the parents did not know how to cope, didn't know how to deal. And so every day they're magnifying the morning instead of being able to see, like you have to be able to see the next thousand years. We're all going to be with Jesus. right? Everybody who's hearing the sound of my voice, friends, we're all going to be with Jesus. Right. If you've believed on the Lord, we're all leaving this world. As we just read in 1 Corinthians 15, it's imperative that we put off the imperishable. Come on, we're all living in these vessels suits, made out yeah. of dust, earth right? Suits, like Pam yeah. said, earth suits. And we're going to have to leave them to put on the imperishable, the amazing immortality that God has offered always plan for us so let's fix our eyes let's say on the thousand year plan well, there's great joy ahead of us. Yes. Pam, you and I, we've got two boys in heaven. Yeah. We always talk about <laughs> Blade and Michael and how wonderful it'll be to hold their hands. And yeah. we've got your parents up there already doing some babysitting duties for us. <laughs> you know, we've, but you know, yeah. like we magnify your nan, that.
0: Your nan. We yeah.
1: don't talk about where we've been. We don't constantly magnify the departure and the, the saying goodbye right. and the sadness. We've got to talk forward into the future and about the gladness. I think it's so important. I know many times the last few
0: years, just going down morning, night, sometimes when I wake up, going down and singing, you know, singing a song about the joy of God, with tears falling down my face. That's why this new worship collection. There's many songs that were birthed. They're songs of of about joy, but they were birthed with tears coming down. Even though they're so uplifting and energetic songs, you wouldn't know they were birthed in the times of such deep, deep sorrow and times of throwing off that sorrow by deliberately singing songs of what God had for us. And I think you know that in the presence of the Lord there is 100% joy, that doesn't mean you don't cry. I think it's so important to have friends and family, you know, all of a sudden I'll tear up and you'll just put your arm around me and maybe you'll cry with me. And then we lift our hands and start singing a song to the Lord. And the joy is there. Tears don't mean you're not walking in joy. Like sorrow is is a, a heaviness that we can throw off.
1: I think the word that keeps coming up in my heart, Pam, is antidote. Yeah. It's not denying my friends, it's not denying that the grief and the sorrow aren't real. That's why I say don't, don't even try to deal with them by despising them and no. loathing and hating that feeling. Pick it up and just bring it to the cross. Yes. Lay it down at the cross. Because like I said, your tears are so precious to God yeah. as you trust Him with your tears, as you trust Him with your sorrow. He turns your sorrow into dancing. Yes. You know, don't forget, when we talk about ashes, in Genesis, God took the ashes, the dust of the ground, and formed the body of Adam. And don't forget, before he breathed the breath of life into him, Adam, he was just this wonderful-looking man laying on the ground, dead. Yeah. God had made a perfect body out of the dust of the ground, but it was still dead until God breathed the breath of life into him. So God knows about attaching his feelings to his creation and to his own image and needing to breathe life. God wants to breathe life into what seems dead in your life. And I've just got to read you a few more scriptures because God's word brings life. God watches over his word to perform it. And look at Hebrews 2.9. But we are able to see Jesus who, having suffered death, in order that by the grace unmerited favor of god he might experience death for every individual person this is why we can say in christ jesus along with the master that you will never see and experience death how do i know that because it says right here jesus experienced death for you thank you jesus. for me for pam's dad for my grandmother for my dear friend's husband, there's so many people that we love, for dear friends in our life that have tragically died or or died at a ripe old age, Jesus is the one who stood in and experienced death for every person that they might have this hope of eternal life in Him forever. And so that's why even with Pams and my boys, even with our family members that have already gone on before us, we got this hope. Oh my goodness, the skin between this life and the next is so thin. There's such a celebration going on in the eternities being with Jesus. And if we're in Christ and they're in Christ, we can always tell Jesus, Father, we just thank You for our family. Yes. You know, Genesis says when Abraham passed away, that he was gathered to his family. Yeah. Isn't it funny? Yeah, yeah. Our perspective here on earth is always like, oh, sad to see Bill go. He's, he was taken from his family. No. Oh, in Christ, in the word of God, in the covenant of God Almighty, you are taken to your family. We're always moving to more than we are leaving. You know, we got to get the heavenly perspective. We're leaving less and always moving to more. Yeah, Isn't that good news? It's beautiful. Philippians 1:21. Paul is talking about his passing. He's getting things ready. Pam, I love it. He gave his suit to Jim. He gave his, you know, his leathered Bible over to Fred over here and Timothy. He sent, you know, maybe his favorite bottles of cologne or, or whatever. And he says, ah, uh, he says, look, for me, Philippians 1:21. He, he's like this. For me to live is Christ. He's my source of joy and my reason to live. And here he is. You know, he's yeah. in prison. He's like, you know, I got joy. I got ridiculous, like. For me to live, it's all about the joy of the Lord. To die, now that's... He says, that's game, for mm-hmm. I'm going to be with him in eternity. And so he's kind of even wrestling through, when he's writing these letters to the churches, he's actually wrestling through this issue. You know, for me to, to live, like it's going to be profitable for you guys, and, uh, and I really need to stay here for you guys. But for me, just personally, kind of selfishly, I kind of like to check out of here <laughs> so I can be with Father God <laughs> now, yeah. right? It's just so beautiful, the way he aggressively manages the concept of eternity. In his heart and mind. To him, again, Paul just had this God-type attitude about death, hell, and the grave. He's like, ugh, those things don't call the shots. They have no power over them. I have complete victory because my God has victory over them. I have victory over them. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 13, this is an important one for us all. He writes and he says, Now, I don't want you to be uninformed. You know, when we're uninformed about God's promises and word, oh, Pam, it's so easy for grief and sorrow to hijack your life and your identity. So easy. And here's what he says: I don't want you to be uninformed believers about those who are asleep in death. I like the way he says that. So that you will not grieve for them as others do who have no hope beyond this present life. See, he's talking about you gotta have a vision beyond this present life. James said this: he said, This life is as a vapor. It's Mm -hmm. just it's just like this quick little breath. Well, when you're thinking about we're gonna live forever, like millions upon millions of years. This is but just a breath right now, right? So he goes on in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 14. He says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, as in fact he obviously did, yeah. even so God, in the same way by raising them from the dead, will bring him those believers who have fallen asleep in Jesus. In other words, he's just saying God raised up Jesus from the grave From death. So, everybody that we know, that we love, even back to Abraham, remember Jesus was talking to the religious leaders and they were having a debate about the resurrection and everything. And he said, You guys err because God isn't the God of the dead, He's the God of the dead. The living. See, because he would always say, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah,
0: who and had gone on already, but he's saying they're still alive.
1: He's saying, guys, <laughs> Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are alive. That's right. They're alive and well. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Yes. And he's saying to religious people, and I love the way he brings down the hammer on religious people. And he's like, once again, you're erroneous. You're magnifying death. And you're diminishing the power of resurrection life. And he says, you've you've flipped it. The right way is magnify the resurrection and the life. Magnify God's power of love and his power to save and to keep. God keeps that which we've committed to him. And I'm telling you, God has not lost our loved ones. God does not lose anybody in Christ Jesus. They are safe. They're more alive than we are right now.
0: That's right. And we worship God. We worship God and we honor God when we live strong. We worship God and we honor God when we live in his real true joy. Because a lot of times we say, I want to be a worshiper, I want to honor God. These are the ways we can do that. Yeah. To get inside of his DNA of 100% love. That's where the joy comes from. It doesn't come from faking it. It comes from getting inside of that love.
1: Yeah, Pam, I'm so glad you said that. So friends, listen, no matter what you've been through, no matter what tragedy is in your life right now, no matter what loved one you've said goodbye to, no matter what news you've heard, we're not encouraging you to, to fake it. But what we're telling you is you can bring Every overwhelming feeling of sadness, sorrow, you can bring all of your tears. And just say this out loud with us. Just say, I bring all of my sadness. I bring all of my sadness. I bring every tear. I bring every tear. I bring every cry.
0: I bring every cry.
1: And I lay it down at the cross.
0: And I lay it down
1: at the cross. The place where the man of sorrows.
0: The place where the man of sorrows.
1: Died for me. Died for me. Lay it down. Lay it down. Jesus Jesus you be my helper
0: you be my helper
1: lift up my countenance
0: lift up my countenance save me save me
1: fill me with your joy
0: fill me with your joy
1: help me lord
0: help me lord
1: help me to have your joy
0: help me to have your joy
1: your delight
0: your delight
1: manifest in my soul
0: manifest in my soul
1: beyond all sense and reason
0: beyond all sense and reason
1: let your peace let your peace Take hold of my life.
0: Take hold of my life.
1: Mount a guard over my heart and mind.
0: Mount a guard over my heart and mind.
1: Give me life. Give me life. Strength. Strength. Joy to live. Joy to live. A light in front of me. A light in front of me. Be a light to my path. Be a light to my path. Let me find happiness. Let me find happiness. Coming up in my soul again.
0: Coming up in my soul again.
1: In Jesus' precious
0: name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I just want to also just inject this in. It's so important. You'll never be the same. Something happened right now. I honestly feel you'll never be the same. But the Word says we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Our mind is our mind, will, and emotions, our heart, our being. So you need to be transformed to what already supernaturally just took place when you prayed with Stephen and I. And this is the way to do it. As you walk along the day, you don't have to speak it out loud while people think you're weird. But inside or going to the bathroom, or if you wake up in the middle of the night or just through the day, when you, you find things are starting to come on you, you speak out loud and say, Mind and body, I command you to receive the peace of God and the joy of God now in Jesus' name.
1: That's good, Pam. And Keep you know, speaking that. And can I just encourage you, the Word of God, like Pam was just saying, it transforms you. It really does bring healing. God's Word brings healing. It brings comfort. It really ministers to you. Please keep going to our podcast. We have a full reading of the book of Proverbs for you. Just indulge in the Word of God because the Word of God never returns empty or without accomplishing what God intended. And the Word of God is healing. It is. So just get washed over and over with the Word. As you're going through this valley, let the Word of God light your path in front of you. Let it be a a constant comfort to your heart and just listen to the Word over and over. Let it heal you. Let it do a surgery on the inside of you and re-strengthen you and get you set up for the wonderful life that God has in front of you. God has a hope for you, my friend. God has a hope for you.
0: Yes, he truly does.
1: Get spiritual food, so get good worship music, Pam and I have some good worship music. When you put it in your mouth
0: and it's in your ears and it's in your heart, God uses these words to energize your
1: very being. Yeah, let me say it this way. Your friends may have suggestions for you, but get some good spiritual music in your life. Pam, I needed a spiritual antidote to the pain and the sorrow that I was dealing with. I put on the garments of praise by writing that song, You Have Made Me Glad. Oh, it's such a good song. A young lady, she had heard it and told me that it was like for her a spiritual... Spiritual antidote against her own sadness, and I'm telling you, friends, it really is not so much about the music as it is the spiritual outcome of it getting a better night's sleep, having a happy heart. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel when I hear that whistle on your song in the presence of the Lord. There's joy, right? I get a happy heart. I know, and I like the words um, you have made me glad. You take away the sad. I'm
0: alive in you. I'm alive in you. And I just so enjoy getting those words out of my mouth. It's like my whole body, my emotions, and my will comes in line with God's goodness.
1: So friends, you got to be strategic. You got to be intentional about getting the antidote against your sadness and for your gladness. That's right. Encourage your heart and whatever focuses your attention on the goodness of God and on the mercies of God. God bless you, our friends. We love you. And remember, no matter what hardship you're going through, no matter what difficulty you're going through, God can turn your sorrow into dancing, your mourning into joy, because you are born born to to win.
0: Thanks for listening to Stephen and Pam Marshall. To receive more information or more teaching, go to www.stephenandpam.com. Stephen and Pam Ministries is a 501c3 charitable organization and your gift helps us to take this message to 1,000 communities worldwide.